Listener Production. Hello and welcome to the Footy Talk Summer Series, where we're showing you a bit of something else that we produce here at Listener. The Howie Games is Australia's number one sports podcast. It's where the biggest names in the world of sport go one-on-one with Mark Howard. And to date, Howie has published over 200 incredible episodes. Across the next few weeks in this Footy Talk podcast feed, we're going to be sharing some mini episodes with some of our favourite footy personalities that have jumped in and had a chat with Howie along his journey. So the next 15 or 20 minutes is going to be a small taster of a longer episode that will be available for you to listen to. I'll pop the link for you in the description of this podcast. On this episode, Howie was joined by one of Australia's best commentators. It's Dennis Kometi. And in this small taster, he speaks about his first job in media as a radio jock and commentating at the Olympics. What was your very first shift when you made your media debut? Can you remember? Uh, well, this this particular station uh, went 24 hours a day. It was a really good rock station. You know, there were, that was when radio had reinvented itself. There was, uh, you know, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all of that going on. And I did Midnight to Dawn for about mm, three months. It sat comfortably with the football. It, it wasn't a problem. And then went on to Afternoons and uh, did Afternoons for... Uh, well, a year and a half after that. And, uh, so did you have a, a show? Yeah. What, just, what was it called? Well, the Dennis Gometti Show. <laughs> <laughs> it was, what do you that's think what the, I should have called for the podcast, just the Mark Howard Show rather than the Howie uh, Well, the, the Bernie Quinlan Show, did you think? <laughs> I might have run with that. Uh, so, Ber- I'm not sure Bernie had been invented at that stage. So you, you go into work and, uh, you know, I came from sort of tapes and I think my first tape was Choose 985 and then CDs and now my kids are... You know, they're only four and six, but they're playing it on the phone. So what was the physical logistics of what you do? You'd sit in the studio and what, what would you... Play just, records, well, 45s, so 45s on turntables either side and uh, cassettes, pretty primitive cassettes, were the commercials. You'd just hit a button and away they would go. You'd skid start the records. In those days, the record's pretty short. You know, anything over three minutes too long. They didn't like that. Right. So you're constantly talking virtually, you know, short records, back to back and away you go through a three or four hour shift. So it was terrific. Was it fun? Oh, it's best fun I've had. Was it? Met some crazy people. I, I mean, very, very volatile industry. You know, <laughs> oh, like it was, yeah. well, you know, radio was supposed to be dead and it reinvented itself and it reinvented itself through the music but also the people who played it. And a lot of those guys were crazy beyond crazy. But it was just fantastic to be part of it. So how does the show start? You know, you have your, you're on all of a sudden. What's well, Dennis got right off the top? Well, I guess we go with our strength. We play something by the Beatles. But, but how but, do you? But, well, no, it's, it's just like today. Now, it wasn't sort of horse and cart. Well, I, I know, yeah, but know, I'm like, trying to get the... You have the news. You know how the news goes yep. on, on Triple M, for example. Yep. You have the news. Yep. Back announce the news with a bit of weather, and then you just rumble into the first tune. Well, can you rumble into one for me? Can you rumble into the Beatles? So I, I get it, you know, you're, I've seen the pictures, you've got some pretty long hair going, you had some real funky kit on, Den. Like, what were you wearing to work those days? Now, that was, that was, I've got to explain, stuff. how long have we got? I need to explain as long that as cravat. You want. Oh, well, I think, I've I think seen we were, a photo of a we were taking the piss that day, but <laughs> I am prepared. If somebody at the Herald Sun is listening, I am prepared to pay the ransom. I, I've got to buy that photo. Uh, no, and then um, you just, Play the record. So the woman says it's a uh, man, but generally women in those days, uh, probably 50-50. But uh, the girls did a lot of the news work. Uh, it was uh, very rare for a woman to be on air in those, uh, in those days. Right. Uh, 
that's changed and changed for the better. My word. Uh, but uh, you say you just, she'd say, uh, or he'd say, it's uh, 23 degrees in Perth and uh, on would come, you know, the first bars of whatever it might be. And then after that, you're away sort of saying what that was, what's coming up, what the temperature is that, again. That, that's the bit I want to hear. I want to hear uh, the back of a... No, you, you know. don't. I, I, no, 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 Howard, you don't. Why? You just, it's just a back announce, I mean, like anything else. Uh, uh, so who was, who was the music for you? Because I spoke to a couple of people. I spoke to Joshy Kay from, from Channel 7 and, and a couple of other people from Channel 7, Chris Jones as well, people you work with now. And, and yeah. I, I said to them, you know, away from footy, what's you all about? And the first thing both of them said is music. And they don't understand music and I don't understand music. But this is a this is a recurring theme in your life, In music. my life, yeah, it is, it is. Uh, yeah, still uh, still download stuff, download a lot of stuff, you know, recent stuff. Uh, what are you because, listening to at the moment? Uh, well, Father John Misty. Have you heard of Father John? No. No, but I have no, no musical okay, knowledge. Okay, so. War on Drugs, who is, is just a guy, really, with a couple of other bandmates and yep. they play music. Uh, I like that sort of stuff. And, and the thing is, and I say to people that, uh, my generation probably is the only generation that has music in common with their kids. It started when I was young. Right. Uh, like, there's almost an equivalent now for every performer back then. Okay. Uh, so, so if you talk about Father John Misty, uh, he probably reminds me of a guy called Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin, heard, heard the song Taxi? Yes. Yeah, well, that, that song, I mean, very wordy. Father John Misty uh, can rock a little more than Harry Chapin, but Harry Chapin could rock. Bob Dylan, the guy who is war on drugs, war on drugs, uh, is Bob Dylan. Uh, so there's almost an equivalent. You know, the sound is the same, the voice, and, and lyrically similar as well. So it, it's amazing after all these years that you, you have these equivalents. So... Uh, uh, music hasn't changed too radically, just the names of the performers have. I, one of my favourites is a guy who was uh, some time ago now, back in the 70s, Jackson Brown. Uh, and I actually sent an uh, email to Jackson at one stage. Never met the man, but I yep. fired one off. I got one back. I don't think it was Jackson who sent it back, <laughs> but even so, <laughs> I said to him, you know, like, all, all I wanted was a, a concert on video of Jackson. And uh, so I said, look, I followed you in vinyl, I followed you in uh, cassette, in um, CDs, yep. you know, like uh, we've gone through a whole range. I've been through everything that he's done and I've bought the same catalogue three times in various technology. For God's sake, make a DVD <laughs> before you're too old, you know. And he sent me back, or somebody, somebody sent me back, you know, sort of uh, they made the mistake of Jackson thinks and then crossed that out and I think. But uh, what they were saying was that Jackson had a sort of, they went into his contract and said that until the contract is over... He doesn't get the dough, so he's not right, making right. a DVD, which was far too much, much explanation for a bloke like me. But uh, it was really interesting, and eventually he did bring out a concert. But uh, he's a year older than me, Jackson, so he needed to do it and do it soon. <laughs> You're a football man. You're synonymous with football. You did that cricket, but everyone. But the the two. I was thinking about it the other day, and I was thinking to myself, what's the what's the commentary from Den that stuck in my mind? And they're both Olympic. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not sure you're that, to be honest, enamoured with the Olympics. Um, oh, steady on. Well, you, you'd rather call a game of footy than a swimming race. Be uh, fair to say, or no? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, a good game of footy. Okay. Uh, I mean, the Olympics are the Olympics are very important, as we all know. I mean. Uh, but they weren't mainstream for me, and I don't think they were for a lot of kids growing up. Yeah, I know. They were a little bit elitist in some yep. respects going back yep. years. 
having access to pools and things. You know, like it wasn't as easy as it is today. But uh, no, it, it's part of Australia's culture, the Olympics. Uh, the only thing I would say is that uh, with the Olympics, your proprietor, the station, gets mm. them. Mm. And every able-bodied man mm. is expected to then jump in and pull their weight. Now, you're doing things that aren't your strength. I've, I've seen it harm a lot of careers, actually, the Olympics. You know, people that are asked to do things that they have no idea about. The first thing that gives you away in sport is the language of the sport, isn't yep. it? I mean, you put in a word there that doesn't sit with that sport. One word. One word, and you're not forgiven for five years. This bloke doesn't know the sport, and it'll do you in every time. You're calling a hockey game and you call it a free kick rather than a free hit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... <laughs> but, but it's, it's simple yeah, stuff, that, isn't that's it? that's right, but sometimes oh, I know it's far more subtle than that, yeah. isn't it? You know, yeah, just, it is. uh, And I can't even think of an example, but uh, every sport is littered with its own language and to get that wrong to the people who love that sport is sacrilege, particularly in the Olympics. So, so what they expect is mm. the highest level of commentary where sometimes the, comp- the compromises, the commentators are not steeped in that sport. You just haven't got enough commentators. No station has. Not steeped or not. You might have even seen it until three weeks prior. Exactly. And when you go to the winters and uh, they start doing that, all this that, stuff. That's right. Uh, so, so the language is important. And uh, the other thing is with the Olympics too, which is, which is dangerous, I think, is that people who normally write the front page of morning dailies and uh, the think pieces and the editorial pieces in some cases in the morning dailies in Australia suddenly start reporting on the Olympic coverage. Mm. It becomes a big deal. People doing what they're not best at being marked and marked harshly in some cases. Never a positive din. No, no. Well, it, it, it's dangerous. It's, so you go into the Olympics knowing that there is danger involved because you're not feeling comfortable. Have you uh, been marked before? Uh, yeah, yeah. Every time I think they've been sort of... And have you gone? Pretty well. See, we have different experiences. I got marked for the Big Bash this year amongst some elite cricket commentators and Rebecca Wilson, I think, gave me a 5 out of 10 and said, seems like a nice bloke who wandered past the Channel 10 comedy (laughs) box. They invited him for a cup of tea and he's never left. I'm like... Well, get stuff, Rebecca Wilson, but what can you do? Hey, Rebecca, that's not me speaking, of course. <laughs> well, it hit me pretty hard then. It's a, it's a part of modern sportscasting that you get smashed. I'm disappointed. Well, you no, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed you remember it verbatim, though. Well, <laughs> printed up on my wall, then, that's why. What about, what about after a game, I, a couple of times uh, in the last few years, I've got, I've got into the car with uh, other commentators, young fellas, and they... Go and look on oh. social media. Now, you almost feel, well, I don't even want to be near that phone because no. God knows what's on it. And, and why it. would you look? Why would you look? I mean, that, it's a cesspool. Yeah, and that's so, hurt so. a lot of people in our industry, in the sporting industry in general that, you know, well, we had we had Olympians, we had MC Bomb doing that and mm. saying that was the reason it didn't go her way in London because she was obsessed with after a semi-final checking the social oh, media. I just can't see why you'd go there. I mean, so in terms of marking, uh, if you go there, you know what mark you're going to get. It would. But it's just, uh, it's just unfair that, that people sort of uh, mark so harshly for something that uh, is not really in their wheelhouse. No. No. Well, it may not have been in your wheelhouse, but as I said, I, I was sitting in a, in a youth hostel in a place called Windhoek in Namibia, of all places. Still a young man, were you at this time? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. I, I, yeah. was I wasn't wearing a cravat, but I was a young <laughs> fella and I was watching Perkins swim. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And that country was all about Frankie Fred- Fredericks, who was a sprinter who got the silver medal. And y- your call, which I didn't hear at the time, but I've obviously heard uh, Perkins is one that sticks in my mind. But I think the, the one that really sticks in my mind is um, Thorpe and – was it Gary Hall Jr.? Thorpe Hall, Thorpe, Thorpe, Thorpe Hall. Where's Bruce? Well, yeah, but it was so simple what you did, Dean, because you just called the two blokes names. Mm. But there's something about that that, that just – Resonates like that. That's the one thing that sticks in my mind. Yet you're only calling two blokes names, and nothing else, Dean. <laughs> uh, the and they made you out like a genius. <laughs> All right, well, this is therapeutic for you. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's 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 yeah. that, that to me is you, and that is I don't know why. I, I I don't know if you have something you listen back to, or if those moments resonate to you. Or is there things that no, I've never seen those? I've never seen any of those races back. To well, be honest. You, you have to at some stage. You need to. No, I don't have to. Well, it's uh, no. The only it, thing. It's the brilliant, only, Dan. It's brilliant. It's absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. You sure? Uh, no, it is. It's, well, in that case, I might watch. It's a leak, Dan. It's just. <laughs> I might watch it. I, 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 no, I've got to say, I, I just, I'm not one to go back and look because it makes me feel uncomfortable talking about listening to your own yeah. voice and stuff. I, I don't enjoy that. Uh, never seen any of those races. Never. Uh, never. Uh, only they pop up on the news going into an Olympics, but it's only the last five meters or so. Well, so that's the gist of it. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Uh, but the funny thing when I when I think back to. Um, the Olympics. Atlanta uh, is the one that uh, I enjoyed the most. Uh, not not the most enjoyable Olympics. The best Olympics was Sydney by a mile. Mm. But uh, the calling sort of was a great time for Australia. And uh, we were really starting to become a, a power again. Uh, the, I find footy, you haven't got a lot of time to think. So it's instinctive broadcasting. It's very rapid fire. Swimming, because uh, they're not going anywhere. They're pretty much locked into their lanes. <laughs> you, can't, you can't leave your lane. So you know where they are. You're not going to lose them. Yeah. And you get a lot of time to think. And I, I remember... In the race? Yeah, yeah okay. you know, sort of, and I, I find that I don't like a lot of time to think when what you're going to say because actually it, it probably doesn't come out as well most of the time as if it's instinctive and it's what you do a lot of. Mm. Anyway, I, I sort of decided uh, with uh, Susie O'Neill, I think it was the 200 Butterfly, that uh, a heart of a lion and the heart of Dixie yep. sounded pretty good. Yep. You know, like this is really contrived stuff, but I thought uh, the whole country is going to be watching, so that that'll be a good one for the time capsule. And I was thinking in that regard, which is uh, me, 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 but I thought you do need something for a big time yeah, thing that's going to live for a long time. So, so you try and give it a bit of history and a bit of context and I'm thinking uh, Heart of a Lion and the Heart of Dixie, yeah, I like that. Anyway, they, they, they come back for the last uh, 50 and they're swimming down the pool and it's gone pretty well so far and I'm thinking to myself, I start to double dare myself. I start to have a conversation with myself. Internally? Do I, yeah. Do I go with Heart of a Lion and the Heart of Dixie or don't I? You know, because... What if I stuff it up? You know, like uh, safer just to take her down to the line. She's about a body length in front. And uh, I don't want to be in, say, 20 years' time and my son's in a, he's come back from America and he's uh, in a shopping centre somewhere. They'll still be playing it. Mm. And to bugger up the finish, Howie. Mm. You know, like and I never had that conversation with myself before. Generally, you just did what you did. But I remember that one time with about 20 metres to swim, will I or won't I? And uh, I decided, yes, I would. But uh, I felt really uneasy after the race because I, why am I doing that? Why, why am I arguing with myself? You know, like you should be concentrating exactly on what's happening. But you, you, you could understand the ramifications even at the end of the race when you got it right. Well, it's you not the time un- to be thinking of them, Howie. Yeah, but you can understand the ramifications if you get it wrong. As you say, it's, that's what you've... you've 
you can't hide in this. They can play it 25 years later and it's like, oh, geez, that bloke's stuck. Well, I, I said one thing to Basil too, uh, Basil Zempelis, who was taken over from the swimming, because I couldn't do it anymore. I just found it energy sapping. Very good, very good. And uh, I always, I said to him, uh, the one thing you got to remember, and, and it, it's hard in swimming sometimes, you've got to look at the board immediately and see where they finish, because if you, with the naked eye, try and work out who finished first, uh, the rule has to be, if there's an Australian there, go with him. Yeah. Because if the Latvian wins, we'll never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not here anyway. <laughs> well, in Latvia, they'll have their own blood. Don't worry about <laughs> They've that. They've got a Latvian dentist committee. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, uh, so that, that, that's one thing you can't do at the Olympics is, is even if you think the Australian lost, if it's a tight finish in any event. Yeah, that's good advice. If you want to listen to the full episode of How We Joined by Dennis Committee, you'll hear Dennis open up about the challenges of commentating the Olympics. He also shares his thoughts on his retirement and his future travel plans. The full episode goes for an hour and 18 minutes. It was published back in 2016 and it's still a fantastic listen. If you want to check it out, just jump on the link that's in the description here or you can check out the Howie Games on Listener, Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Listener.